break 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 You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch-Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are back here on The Punch-Out, 16th of March, 2022. Very happy to be back with you here on the show. Plenty for you here on the show, as we always do. We're going to be talking about recent elections in Colombia and also torture by the CIA. But before we get to either of those two very important stories, we want to talk a little bit about how the rich get richer. Last year, America's largest, richest corporations fought hard to sink proposals to expand Medicare, lower the price of prescription drugs, fix all the bridges, establish a clean energy standard, and provide nearly $100 billion in desperately needed funds for affordable housing, among other things. All because they refused to accept the higher taxes that it would require. You'd think then that, well, maybe they didn't have the money, or were strapped for cash, or something like that, if you were thinking logically. Well, if you were thinking that, you thought wrong. In fact, according to one key indicator, stock repurchases, also known as share or stock buybacks, where big corporations buy back their own shares, corporate America is swimming in cash. It just prefers to give it to super wealthy investors, not to projects to better society. As reported this week by the Wall Street Journal, S&P 500 companies have engaged in $238 billion in stock buybacks in the first two months of 2022 alone. And that is on top of the $880 billion in share repurchases that took place in 2021. So in the last 14 months, large corporations have spent $1.1 trillion buying back their own shares from investors. And here's the real kicker. That $1.1 trillion in stock buybacks is far more than the $470 billion in corporate tax increases proposed by Biden's Build Back Better plan. So... From corporate America's perspective, they're saying paying about half a trillion dollars to improve the lives and livelihoods of everyone in the country is not worth it, but handing over double that amount to wealthy investors to buy mansions, yachts, and top-up trust funds is indeed very much worth it. And just to explain a little bit more about stock buybacks, stock buybacks are basically like dividends. They are a reward a company gives out to shareholders. Dividends, however, are more permanent, where buybacks are one-offs. So it's a way to make your stock more attractive to hold because people want to hold the stocks that give out the best rewards. But with more flexibility, because a dividend, you're giving out the same amount of money essentially every year, where a stock repurchase, you can give out a lot all at once, but you can tailor it to the business environment, as it were. 89% of stocks are held by the wealthiest 10% of people. So really, when you look at it, The easiest way to explain share buybacks is it's just giving money away to super rich Wall Street investors. It's worth considering that in light of how much that money could really do. One estimate in 2019 said you could cut child poverty in half by spending $90 billion a year. So by extension, you could end child poverty totally with $180 billion. So in other words, the amount of stock buybacks over the last 14 months is enough to eliminate all child poverty in the United States for at least the next six years. 
And that same $1.1 trillion in stock buybacks could fund the expanded child tax credit through 2029 and still have about $200 billion left over. That's notable because the public housing repair backlog in the United States that's turning public housing into slum housing nationwide is $70 billion. So you could send a check worth up to eight grand a year to every family and fix all of America's public housing and still have money left over with the amount of cash corporations funneled to Wall Street mega investors in the past year and two months. The cost of providing enough subsidies to make sure no family pays more than 7% of its income on child care would be about $225 billion through 2027. Or putting it another way, the $1.1 trillion in share buybacks could fund those subsidies for the next 25 years. Again, of just 14 months of corporate stock buybacks. So here we are. The rich are all set to get much richer as corporations shell out buyback cash while everyone else struggles to get by. That's Capitalist America in a nutshell for you. A newly declassified report from the CIA Inspector General details that Amr al-Baluki, who was detained at a secret CIA black site in Afghanistan, was used as a real-life training dummy for torturers who lined up to smash his head into walls repeatedly, ultimately leaving him with brain damage. As The Guardian notes, quote, Baluki, a 44-year-old Kuwaiti, is one of the five defendants before a military tribunal on Guantanamo Bay charged with participation in the 9-11 plot. But the case has been in pretrial hearings for 10 years, mired in a dispute over legal admissibility of testimony obtained after torture, end quote. The Guardian further explained the technique that was used on him, saying, quote, The technique of walling involved placing the detainee's heels against a specially designed plywood wall and putting a rolled-up towel around the detainee's neck. The interrogators would then grab the ends of the towel in front of and below the detainee's face and shove him backwards into the wall. One of the interrogators said the goal was to, quote, bounce the detainee off the wall. The report noted that Baluki was naked for the proceedings. There was no time limit for the walling sessions, but typically a session did not last for more than two hours at a time. They went on for so long because Baluki was being used as a teaching prop. The Guardian goes on to note that, quote, a neuropsychologist carried out an MRI of Baluki's head in late 2018 and found, quote, abnormalities indicating moderate to severe brain damage in parts of his brain, affecting memory formation and retrieval, as well as behavioral regulation. The specialist found that the abnormalities observed were consistent with traumatic brain injury. And the Guardian goes on to further note that, quote, the Inspector General's report also concluded that Baluki's treatment did not yield any useful intelligence. All of this is something well worth remembering as the U.S. seeks to lecture other nations around the world about human rights. <laughs> This past weekend saw elections in Colombia for two positions, one, the presidential primaries for the major coalitions of parties, and two, for both houses of the Colombian Congress. The most notable outcome for many is the large vote for Gustavo Petro, the center-left former guerrilla who many expect to be the next president and who emerged victorious in the primary for his coalition, the Historic Pact. However, at the legislative level, right-wing political parties continued to show strength. And Petro's coalition, known as the Historic Pact, brings together an unprecedented alliance of the vast majority of the left wing of the political spectrum in Colombia, together with some more center-left forces around a program designed to turn the page on the long dominance of far-right forces linked to the oligarchic elite and pursue a new politics focused on growth, development, and a firm end to civil conflict. 
Many have compared a potential Petro win to recent presidential elections in Mexico and Chile, where center-left figures have won historic votes backed by most of the left to embark on a new direction in the past 60 years or so of intense and disastrous pro-poverty policies, often referred to as neoliberalism. Petro received 1.6 million more votes in the Pacto primary than the combined turnout in the primaries for the next two most significant candidates. He will now proceed to the general election that most predict is likely to include two rounds, with polling showing Petro should win in both rounds and, of course, ultimately become president. As the news site People's Dispatch details, quote, following the announcement of the results, Petro pointed out that, quote, the historic pact achieved the best result of progressivism in the history of Colombia. We will defend a common program to turn Colombia into a power of life and make the economy revolve around life. Loving the people today means building peace, social justice, and a society of rights. The time has come for Colombia. In terms of the details of his program, People's Dispatch goes on to note, quote, Petro has proposed to replace the economy's dependence on fossil fuels, mining and hydrocarbon extraction with agriculture. For this purpose, he plans to introduce an agrarian reform and seeks to increase the property tax on large estates of more than 500 hectares of fertile but unproductive lands. Petro has promised to introduce a tax reform that eliminates exemptions for corporations and increases taxes on people who possess large fortunes. He has also vowed to transform the concept of the minimum wage for a real wage based on capital and income. He has also pledged to make reforms to the current private pension system to achieve a minimum pension. Petro has committed to increase the current budgets for education, culture, and sports, and his other proposals include a universal public health system for prevention and primary care, electric transport, and free drinking water. Elections for the Colombian Congress, however, did see right-wing parties, despite them losing ground, continuing to hold a majority in both houses, which, along with the long history of brutal violence wielded by elites against any form of progressive change, mean Petro, if he were to win, would face an uphill battle on his priorities. Nonetheless, the possibility of a Petro win in the context of Chile, Bolivia, Venezuela, Mexico, Argentina, Honduras, Nicaragua, and possibly Brazil, which also has elections this year, reflect a historic horizon in Latin America, with a clear majority of the continent pursuing left-leaning pro-development anti-poverty programs, creating a solidly progressive bloc of nations, adding a social pole, if you will, to a multipolar world that could be a beacon for all those looking to put people before profit. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. And of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthrough news. It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. And of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BT Newsroom. 